Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned in to Mango Masala Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Simran and her Hi. lovely Mike. And Halim is back, but she hasn't got a microphone. So if you notice oh a discrepancy God. in the audio, you know what? I can only apologize. We literally, just because <laughs> before we came in, we were talking about how passive aggressive <laughs> Carlos is. And he's just come in on some more passive aggression. Mm. Anyway, how are you, Halima? Welcome back. Welcome back from your travels. Um, I was saying last week how hilarious I found it when you got there and it was like minus 14 degrees. I was like, I bet she's having a whale of a time. No, but you know what? It, to be fair, it was only like that for the first few days that I was there. But I did not, I did not know like America was in a storm. Like they had, mm. it was an actual storm. Oh my, it's actually really sad. Like people, so obviously like New York, there's New York, the state, and then there's New York City, right? And my family, so where I was staying is New York City. But, like, upstate, um, like, quite a few people died, actually. It was really, really bad. Um, yeah. It was, it, it was, I, I'd never experienced cold light. So the day that we got there, it was minus 14. And then the next day, it was, like, minus 10. And then the day after that, it was, like, minus 3, minus 2. And then it literally went to, like... 13 16 degrees it was really really strange like if if anyone didn't believe in global warming before to go from minus 14 to literally like plus 14 in the space of four days is genuinely insane but um it was horrendous but to be fair I would rather be freezing in New York than in England (laughs) but fair enough I feel like it's quite violent to ask me like to say like welcome back I feel like that's really violent to say say that to me like welcome back like why are you reminding me that i'm back i can only you know? apologize hr will be hearing about this if we had, mm. if we had a hr department this is what they'll be hearing about <laughs> oh goodness no, but for real i was gonna say like obviously besides the weather you had the fact that you were with your family which i'm sure made up yeah. and it's what's making me so sad right now like obviously you guys kind of like basically know how my holiday was if you've been like watching my insta stories but for those Madness. who do not for those who don't have the privilege of being on my personal instagram um I like went to America for a few weeks stayed with my family um and obviously there's like quite a few of us so I literally went from and it's not that there's like quite a few of few few of us it's that we're actually obsessed with each other like we're all obsessed so we're always we're like this we're always together like there'll be bare rooms in the house and all of us all like I think there's like 10 cousins you know with 10 cousins um and all 10 of us will be laid up in the same room so like I literally went from being around over a dozen people every single day like all day every day non-stop to now I'm just like by myself it's really sad I'm just by myself and it's really really sad obviously I can get like you having grown up with that as well and that's like it is like a really nice thing and to almost still feel like a kid when you're surrounded by all the people yeah. like your age mates but is there no part of you especially like on a what's it called neurodivergent level that sometimes will get like overstimulated from the fact that you've literally got like 10 people in your ear constantly non-stop no not even because i'll just go to the next room for a bit yeah. but also like everyone because like we were like we all know each other we're all family so like it's not like we're 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 pretty like 
active, hyperactive family, but like every everyone has like downtime as well. Do you know what I mean? But like that's that's what like makes me so sad because there'll be bare times like we're actually just laid up in the same room, all just silently on our phones, scrolling on our phones. But it's just being together. Do you know what I mean? Like oh, it's just really sad. Post holiday blues are really hitting you guys. I was gonna say time to book another one, but she's on that. Yeah, I know. Literally on the plane back. Guys, they should never have given me Wi-Fi on that flight. Like, do you know what's really funny as well? So obviously I'm in London right now. And initially I was supposed to leave in December so that I could go like traveling. I decided to extend my um, tenancy until like February because I was like, I've been here, but like I haven't even been here. I haven't even lived in this house because I'm just always away, right? Um, And then I was, because Ramadan starts at the end of March, so I was like, okay, so for all of March, like before Ramadan, I'm going to leave London and the first thing I'm going to do, I'm just going to go travelling for like three weeks before Ramadan starts. Um, And then I was like, it was New Year's and I was like, you know what, I think I need to just stay put for like a few months in one place because I can't like, obviously you guys know I've recently started teaching education and one of the big things is kind of like routine and I find it really hard to follow routine, especially because I'm just always all over the place. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to postpone going traveling until after Ramadan so that I can have a little bit of stability. I need to just be in one place for like a period of time. Tell me why I'm on the flight back from America and on the flight, I've now booked two holidays on the flight. Right. Um, Europe, I'll tell you afterwards. I'm a bit superstitious with like evil eye and stuff. So like I'll text it you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a bit too Muslim. I'm too Muslim sometimes. I don't know. Obviously, like the whole like evil eye stuff. I think that is quite linked to Islam, but just South Asians in general as well. Like sometimes I'll be at Mianka's house, and like her mum, like you're not meant to ask people where they're going when they're walking out of the door. And it's like, but how are you just meant to let them leave and like not know where they've gone, like. My grandma just doesn't believe in compliments because she thinks complimenting you will then give you nuzzard, which nuzzard, is like bad yeah. energy. Like she just mm-hmm. won't say anything nice to me because it's like, that means it's now cursed. And then the exact opposite. So if she said, oh, you have like nice hair, suddenly all my hair's going to fall out. She's right. It happens. You guys believe her. Trust me. It happens. Like if anyone, if anyone gives me any compliment ever, even like the thing about nuzzard as well is that it could be inadvertent. So like you don't have to have like bad mind. Like you could genuinely be complimenting someone say mashallah if you're gonna say anything nice about me say mashallah i'm not trying to get another i never announce <clears throat> before i'm going on a flight or like if i'm on a flight it will always be afterwards you will always see a day later because i'm sorry for what for the plane for evil like to make the plane fall out the sky absolutely not you will not know i'm not even gonna lie like i wouldn't even the whole idea of having wi-fi on the plane in the first place just freaks me out like how yeah what first like, class how? ticket was this like, no guys you know what oh my god let me put you not on i flew with jet blue which i thought was like some any next airline like they're a really fantastic airline honest to god like i should give me a brand deal i had a fantastic experience with them like the seats are big the seats are comfy it's a very modern plane um, they had like in-flight entertainment. The food was a bit less, a lot to be desired, but um, the European airline, I'm oh, sorry, a Western airline, I'm not surprised by that. They had Wi-Fi on board. Like it was fantastic. You know what? Even when you go to check in, it's all electronic. It's really fantastic. Everyone, anyone who's flying to like America's, fly with JetBlue, honestly, I really recommend them. Just to be clear, this is Halima's opinion. She hasn't been endorsed in any way to say that. She no, but I should, <laughs> I should. JetBlue, if you're listening. Carlos, 
No nuzzard, but what travel plans do you have this year? Well, this is the thing, right? You were just talking about all the nuzzer and that. And, like, I'm just, like, we literally spent, like, so much time last week and the week before. We All we do is talk about my wedding. And I'm like, surely there's someone out there that's tuning into the show that is, like, going to inadvertently cause that on that. Okay, I touch wood. Say inshallah for everything. Just say inshallah. Wrong religion. I don't know whether saying God that willing. in advance of a Hindu ceremony is the right thing to do. Personally, I, don't. I I'm sure there's a Hindu equivalent. God willing, something like that. I don't know. There must be some, something. Do some puja. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Travel plans. Travel plans for me, like um, honeymoon. Honeymoon. Yeah. But, but what? Oh, I was gonna say what is the honeymoon, exciting. but I kind of know. But also, no nazard. Yeah. Right. Funny story. Go for it, Halima. Okay. So basically, guys. Um, so this trip was kind of like, it was very, it was kind of last minute, right? So we were supposed to go on like a big family holiday, um, which didn't happen because of like scheduling and, and whatever. So then I was like, I've got a couple of weeks off. I don't want to be in England. I'm going to go to America because the flights were like pretty cheap. I booked my flight and then like an hour later, two of my sisters were like, do you know what? If you're going to go, I'm going to go. They booked their flights. And then an hour later, my, my other sister, she was like, well, if you lot are going, I'm going to go. So she booked her flights, right? And it was supposed to be a secret. So my mum, it's my mum's sister who lives in America. And we were supposed to surprise her, right? Our parents were in India. So we told our parents a few weeks after we booked the tickets. We're like, oh, by the way, we're going to America. We booked tickets. But it's a surprise. You cannot tell auntie, right? You cannot tell her. Context, my mum and my auntie are like this. So when I say this, I mean like that. They don't just talk every day. They talk several times every day. My mom and all her siblings are only one like one group chat and they're just talking all day, every day. Like, mashallah, it's really cute actually. But anyways, my mom was like really stressed out. She was like, there's four of you going. Like your auntie needs like because my mom has really bad anxiety. She's like, your auntie needs mental preparation. Like you need to tell her, blah, 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 blah. Just very stressing. We're like, will you relax? She's not like you. My auntie's the complete opposite to my mom. Like she's very... um outgoing she's very active my mom was very anxious we're like relaxed she's not like you it's a surprise we want to surprise her don't tell her right um and then like so it was a few weeks before like between when we told my my mom and before we flew away and one day my auntie says to my cousin oh look at this waffle pan that I got for Orni who's my little sister and my cousin was like why have you got Orni a waffle pan and my auntie was like um obviously from then where a very where we know my mom's obviously gone told her that we're coming right um but she they they both maintained the pretense so we all went in increments first it was my two of my sisters they went um and as they're on the way from the airport to the house my mom is literally on the phone with my auntie telling her oh they're on the car they're in, they're on they're in the car they're on the way not only has she told my auntie that we're coming She's now giving her our full, like, whereabouts. She's now doing GPS. She's now doing GPS for my auntie, right? Anyways, my sisters get there. My auntie does the whole... And it's so hilarious because, obviously, me and my cousins were all talking in our group chat, like, oh, my God, it's going to be really funny to see her acting today. Anyways, my sisters get there. She does the whole, like, she starts screaming and all this. And it's hilarious because we know she's acting. We know she's acting, right? Um. So, and, oh, my God, no, wait, hang on. So, <laughs> they get there and my auntie... Um, because neither of my cousins live at home and my auntie works so she doesn't like always cook a lot of food or whatever my sisters get there she's made like biryani there's six of them <laughs> she's very coincidentally made six kebabs 
right? She's like, oh my God. Like they get there, she's like, oh my God, I didn't even cook anything. What are you guys gonna eat? Oh, here's this massive pot of biryani. And then she's like, oh my God, I didn't even make anything sweet. What are you guys gonna have for dessert? Oh wait, coincidentally, here's this flan that I made for your uncle. Diabetic. It was not for my uncle. How could she pretend that she made the flan for my diabetic uncle? So now, a few days later, I get there. She does the whole thing where she pretends to scream, blah, 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 blah. She, this time, she's made, like, soup, right? And she sat there and she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't put um, chicken pieces, like, chicken bone in it because I know Uishi doesn't like chicken bone. I'm Uishi, by the way. But how, why is she not putting chicken bone in the soup if she doesn't know that it's for me? It's just so funny. Anyway, so then she also knew that my, my other sister was coming, right? Um... And then that sister ended up telling my mom, like, if you don't tell your sister right now that I'm not coming, I'm actually not going to go. So then my mom ended up lying to my auntie and then she was actually surprised about my final sister. But She got, she got one surprise. Yeah. Someone get that woman an Oscar. Someone <laughs> get that woman an Oscar is all I'm going to say. Like, and you know what's so funny as well? So obviously all now they don't realise that we knew that they knew and then my auntie literally the day I was going she was like oh my god you know the day that you came your uncle was so nervous he was like oh how should I react blah 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 and afterwards he asked me oh did I over did I was I overacting I was like you're just you're just telling me that you knew Wait, so like in when you got there you told them that you knew they knew right no we we didn't tell them we like <laughs> we never admitted that we knew we just played along with their charade because I think it's really cute it is cute. Them sisters, they will never keep anything from each other. Good I day. think the fact that there was like six people's worth of food cooked and she was just like, oh, just this Very coincidentally, thing. very yeah. coincidentally, six kebabs for six people. And the flan for my diabetic uncle, I was dying. That is very cute. Well, thank you for that brief insight into what is the chaotic life of Halim and Nashir. We're going to play a bit of music now. And when we come back, we're going to get into talking about the recently announced Coachella lineup. So stay tuned for that if you're just tuning in welcome this is mango masala the south asian show my name's gains i'm here with halima and simran how are you guys doing hiya hey guys and i don't know i mean for us this is quite recent news the day that we're recording this but coachella lineup very interesting i have one thing or one thing only to say i think i know what it's gonna be yeah (laughs) oh my god when i saw it I thought, I tweeted, like, my, my tweet was, please let this mean that there's new music. And then literally 11 hours later, someone else tweeted that they'd seen him come out of a studio in London. Inshallah, mm. this only means one thing. Have I spoke about Jay Paul before on the show? I think I yeah. have, have I? Yeah. yeah. I love him so much, you guys. I'm going to say... Arguably more important than Jay Paul, <laughs> Dilgit Desand. Yeah, I'm so excited! But his name was huge. Like big, his name like, was like big. Sec- second I line. Was, not to be rude, I was looking in the small print and then I saw it underneath whoever's Rosalia, I think it might be, who's headlining the second day, and I was like, "No, I love my people, man." I'm, I'm just so happy. Be, I thought it was going to be bigger, but yeah, me too. I'm, I'm gassed. I'm written no, very, I'm very, surprised very it was that big. I thought it was going to be little, right? Really? For a Western but, festival. I'm very, yeah, for like the biggest festival. Yeah, I guess so. In America as well. Um, I am aghast. And I hope that it brings like 
Punjabi like music and culture and South Asian music and culture to like a bigger stage because the first time I think a festival of this like level with an uh, an artist like a Punjabi artist who's going to be singing like in Punjabi two, because all of his two, songs two, are two, two. two. Punjabi as well. Oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just I just think it's a really big deal and I think it's really and and I'm also Jake Paul was on the second second line of his his day as well. Is he that big? He's got he's got cult following. Like he's yeah. <laughs> that, I'd be very interested to see what the crowds look like. I'd be very interested to see what the crowds look like at both concerts. How mixed they are. But yeah. I think you know what I think. Bill I think he's the perfect artist to be to, to rep like Bhangra he's the, he's and like Punjabi at, at a Western festival, especially because like so much yeah. of the music that he makes. He's well, I don't know about Indian Drake, but like. He, I feel he, like that he, is an insult like, to Diljeet, I would argue. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, Carlos. I like Drake, but I think Diljeet is original enough to not be compared to Drake. 100%. Yeah, we don't need to say that. He's, <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's not the West in anything. He's just Diljeet. But I think he's sick, though. I think he's, a, he's the, like, the perfect artist I do love to bring like, Bhangra and Punjabi music to like, a Western that is gonna stage. That's going to be such a vibe. He, he already collabs so much with Western artists. Like he's yeah. already put like he's already been put so many other people on. Do you know what I mean? So, oh my god, I'm so excited! If if it was any easier to get to and less expensive, that would yeah, su- be dog. such a shout to go to. But like CBA for going in the desert, man. Where is it? A like, desert in like Nevada or something. Let me find out. Somewhere near okay. West Coast, isn't it? Other shout outs as well. South Asian representation. Got Joy Crooks making her way there as well. Yeah, bringing the Bangladeshi representation and also Ali Seti as well. So yes, I saw that. Oh, in Coachella. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've just seen it. Both of their names were towards. Even the smaller print, but still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, it's still really big deal. But even think... getting on there because like there's there's artists on here who are teeny tiny print. Like Pierre Bourne is small. Joy Crooks. Oh my God, Joy Crooks. Did you just say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping Shenzi is going to be there, which is a nice segue into um, Prince Harry, if you want to talk about that. <laughs> Wait, how is that a, how is that a segue? Wow. What, you haven't heard? He said, uh, Prince Harry said, when times get tough, he listens to Shenzi songs. No, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. In his it. dark someone, times. He didn't oh, say it that. Oh, is it a fake Someone obviously Twitter, Twitter is... Bro, when I tell you, when I tell you, when I tell you, like anything that comes out about him now, I just believe off the back. It's like it could not get more ridiculous. That's true, but Ben, it's so funny because Ben journalists, as well, what it is, there's a thing where like Western, like white journalists don't understand like black Twitter humor, right? So they obviously, that's a black Twitter joke, innit? And they obviously, they can't discern the fact that it's a joke and they've printed it. And obviously, like you guys are fooled because Prince Harry, anything can come out and it's just unbelievable but also do you know do you know the Stormzy video Mel made me do it so do you guys know who Melissa's wardrobe is yeah like yeah only, so she's only like, because style. she's like a celebrity yeah. stylist she's yeah oh really oh, okay yeah, I didn't so know she's, her I, like I already oh, I've looked at the time she's amazing she's incredible like she's she's like she's like she's like your influencer's influencer basically right but obviously people again like it was a black twitter joke where people were like oh my god Melissa was my teacher in high school and she inspired me and blah 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 and once again, like white journalists can't discern like what is a joke or not. So they were doing prints like, oh yes, Melissa, she was a teacher and blah, 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 blah. 
guess it's funny. But the Shanty thing is a joke, is a parody. No. But yeah, no, to be fair, I can't see that being true. Like I saw one from Morley's that was more obviously fake, and it was like what? the more you know the chick the chicken shop. They tweeted that like, he said something about it in his mm-hmm. autobiography. Like, but save that for later though. To talk about Prince Harry in a bit. Back to Coachella. I'm looking at this lineup, yeah, and it's not impressing me. I can't lie to you. Like, it must be an American, really? very American lineup. Like, it's not okay. Frank Ocean, yeah, that's about it. Bad warning. I keep on seeing loads of tweets him. that are like, does Frank Ocean know that he's headlining it? No, he definitely doesn't know. Suicide Boys <laughs> are there and in big writing. Also, so is Idris Elba. Idris Elba? Mm. I'm not going to lie. Do you know what? Little segue. Do you know I, I? Do you know what I love about Idris Elba? Is that he's just got his fingers in multiple pies. He just does what he wants. Because I saw he's got a new program about like cooking. He's got a new cooking program. I love that about him. He he will just do anything. Yeah, no, he is very versatile. What's he going to do at Coachella? He's a DJ. He's, like, he's, a, he's a DJ oh, and he raps. What the hell? He, oh, again, yeah. I thought that this was a meme. would be a proper segue. He DJed at Harry's, Harry and Meghan's wedding. Stop it. Oh, did he? It's in the Bosey song with what him. Wiley, isn't it? I'm a big oh DJ my God. ask. I'm a big DJ I ask Meghan like... and Harry. Do you know what? I like the I like the level of celebrity that you can get to when you can start memeing in different professions and just become a like expert at it within like a month. Did you see that video? Do you know who Cody Co is? He has that TMG podcast. He's um Canadian. Basically he's just some like YouTube person and um he made a video which is basically like I learned how to DJ in 30 days just to see if it's easy or not, like to prove if it's easy or not. And because he's him, he booked a venue like instantly with, and he gave himself like 30 days to do it. So he had the venue, but he had a show and he learned how to do it and he had a good show. And he was like, yeah, not gonna lie, it's easy. Yeah, when you have the money and resources, anything. Oh yeah, obviously. The one thing I always say about Coachella is I never understand how like the stages make sense. Obviously I know there's gonna be loads of different stages where all the different genres will be and whatever, but sometimes they're still so spread out across genres. It doesn't make sense. Like where's where's the gorillas gonna go in between Burner Boy and Bad Bunny? Well, this is the thing. I think it's just like that, like having like um, gone to Glastonbury last year, like yeah. obviously that's, I think that's the most similar you'll get in the UK in terms of the versatility at one festival. Um, and it is very much like we'd have like Burner Boy on the same stage that like someone like Olivia Rodrigo was on earlier in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of different like and it's just sort of like one crowd will come in, they'll come in to see whoever, then the, the act will yeah. finish and people will just move and kind of swap in and out and like it it, it does work. There's some kind of cool like little UK DJs like not I'm saying little, but like I'm saying little compared to like the whole world. Like Camel Fat's there, Eric Prids. I think that's so cool. Turning into park life. I think Co- that would be the most offensive thing you could say to Coachella ever. They'd be like, what, <laughs> what is park, park life? life? <laughs> I loved park life. I know what you guys said about me going last year. It was so much fun. Also, Metro Boomin's going to be there. Not a park life at Coachella. Mm-hmm. So he might bring out everyone. Yeah. Big chance of him bringing out like I don't know Drake, Twenty One Savage, The Weekend, Don Tolliver, Future. I mean, speaking of festivals, Part Life's getting announced this month as well, so we'll have to see what I gets put on that. Might be going again this year. Come on. We just stick around. I think it'd be the weekend after my wedding, so I'll just stay in Manchester oh for that God. week. <laughs> 
Lol, you know, um, sorry, this is such a side, decide, this is such a tangent. Um, my mum's going to be in Manchester the weekend of your wedding to go to a Coldplay concert, which I was supposed oh, to go no to. Oh, no way. Whoa. I was supposed to go so to cute. it. And I was like, can't come, sorry. Can't Whoa. just get married. But I'm also going to be in Manchester on the same day. Well, do you want a bit more heartbreak? Oh, no, what? The same day of the wedding, less than five minutes away. Arctic Monkeys. Oh no, I knew that. Oh, okay. I, knew that. I thought you meant I thought you meant Coldplay was going to be less than five minutes away, in which case oh, she no. was not going to be happy with me. No. She was not happy that I cancelled Coldplay. <laughs> but I was like, it's a literal wedding. I was like, I was going to say if she wasn't coming to Coldplay, she can come. But like, yeah, she's she's booked and busy. I'm sorry. sorry. But no, like like I say, I think the nice thing with this Coachella lineup is you've got like four south asian artists in the lineup and it doesn't feel like they're just there for the sake of it like it feels like it feels like that they generally deserve to be there and it's Aww, like representation so done cute. in the right way guys that's really cute that made me a little bit emotional south asia to the world come on i just care so much also I just want to give a special shout out to like non-South Asian related, but I want to give a special shout out to Flow, Radio One's Sound of 2023, well deserved. So, yeah. You love yourself a little girl band, don't she, you? Yeah. Flow. Flow are more than a little girl band. I'll have you know. Oh. Big girl band, big girl band for me. Ooh. oh my god you know i was on the tube the other day and uh someone pressed their phone and they had headphones on they were listening to flow cardboard box and it was so a guy late. they're so late literally came out like a year ago oh like, my god uh, stop being a hater why don't you just be happy uh, that they have fans i'm happy but you know i'm just like why it's they've been so good since the very and start you literally don't even know that they just started listening they could have been died they could have liked them more than you well no, to be fair, it's because I saw him in the chat, which again, I'm not, I'm not, not happy about. Always, I'm happy that they're getting this recognition, but um, they've gone like into the top 100 finally. This is the thing that kind of annoys me. It's like they, if this was like 20 years ago, I 100% think that they would be like breaking the top 40 because of the way that like streaming and promotion works. But because of the way it is, I don't want to discredit like dance music and that sort of thing but i do find a lot of the time now if you look at the charts a lot of it is dance music purely because so many people kind of have it on in the background at like parties and streaming and stuff you know what i mean it's just like yeah is that what like that well i guess like yeah i guess i just never thought about it but like that would contribute to like the streams obviously right yeah and that's why it's so popular well, yeah, I mean, because if you, <laughs> I saw this really funny tweet at the end of last year, which was like the top 20 songs streamed by the UK in like 2022 or 2021. And it was literally like a load of Ed Sheeran and a couple of dance tracks. And I was literally like, I know exactly what demographic this is. That is playing it's, it's, it's an office. It's an office for sure. Or like mm. a hairdresser's. Yeah, or just people, I don't don't know why like again this is my opinion but ed sheeran he is a great songwriter but i just don't understand like why everyone this reminds me when i was at the dentist last they had no guidance by chris brown and drake on repeat the whole appointment and it was like an hour long appointment right oh my god and like 
it would be like drilling in my skull and then it would fade out and it'd be like, you got it, girl, you got it. And I was going insane. <laughs> and I can't listen to that song anymore. And you know how much I hate the dentist. And now it's just mm. cemented the fact that now I hate that song. It was really girl, bad. You got it, yeah, it was so bad. If you, no. if that plays at your wedding, I'm leaving and I'm going no. across the road. <laughs> listen to some real music. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of real music, let's get some back on now. Time to get into what everyone's been talking about. What is apparently the fastest selling non-fiction book ever? Jeez. Spare by Prince Harry himself. Yeah, I saw an article that said that. So Yeah, I saw it as well. Listen, if this this man obviously he's trying to like collect his bag in it because this his the the royal family they're not uh financially providing for him anymore and that was obviously his goal he really achieved it with this book yeah gotta give him credit where it's due however like looking more into the book and the contents of it and also stuff that's come out about prince harry over the past couple of weeks with various interviews he's been doing obviously i don't think we really need to give that much context in regards to what happened with him and megan um, Megan marrying into the royal family, them leaving after a couple of years. And um, they obviously did the Oprah interview in 2021 where they like kind of spilt the beans on a bit of stuff as to reasons why they ended up leaving. You've obviously, every, I think a lot of people that listen to this show will have seen like the number of um, damaging news pieces mm. and headlines that have been put out about Megan. And then it's, laughable when you put them in comparison next to ones about Kate like again don't need to delve in that that too much however a lot of the stuff that's come out in this book and also certain things that Harry has said in these recent interviews has been um sort of been seen as like disappointing I would I want to say surprising but a bit disappointing certainly by um people of color I think a lot of the time he's implied that there is a definite difference between unconscious bias and racism and has said that his family are guilty of that but not racism he has talked very candidly about like his experience whilst in the armed forces in afghanistan having killed 25 people um and yeah the list kind of goes on a bit and i think also it just seems to be a lot of people are saying it might not necessarily be the case but a lot of people are saying that it does seem like his defense is because of megan and sort of stops at megan rather than actually extending to be critical of the monarchy as an institution and like very much candidly about racism as well um Mm -hmm. and it kind of puts us in a bit of a difficult situation where you do have to it is very nuanced because we're like I, I, me personally, I'm always going to be on Harry and Meghan's side personally, um, and as if it's them against the monarchy. But I can't exactly stick up for some of the stuff that he's been saying. I think that this is it is obviously a lot more, a lot more complex than just kind of like condemning or or um, advocating for. First and foremost. I know so much about this man against my will. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I cannot escape this man. Yeah. He has been the prince of the country that I was born at, born into and lived in 
for 26 years of my life and yet I have never known as much about him as yep. I do right now. Yep. And obviously, obviously, we preface this by saying he's obviously come out now and done this book for the bag because he's not part of the institution anymore. He has dissociated and obviously he needs to find another living and this is what they've done. So that, that already says a, you know, when we're talking about him and his kind of um, positioning in the conversations around racism and misogynoir, there's already a financial incentive for him to come forward and start talking about it now at this point um, where he has to make a living for himself and he's doing so by, you know, writing a tell-all book and a Netflix documentary. That's first and foremost. Secondly, <clears throat> disclaimer, the racism is kind of directed at Meghan Markle and her children is obviously abhorrent. I think that it's been very um, effective in exposing a lot about kind of the insidiousness and the very sinister nature of of British racism, right? Because it, this Britain is a country where people like to believe that racism doesn't exist. And I think the way that it's been kind of directed towards her is a very, very apt example of how insidious racism in this country is. Um, and, and that is to say that it, it, it's completely unacceptable. It's completely abhorrent. It is completely morally depraved. Um, however, however, I feel like my sympathies are kind of very, my personal sympathies towards them as, as people is kind of capped at a certain level because they are both still... You know, like, like going off what Carlos said, it's not that they have an issue with institutional, British institutional racism as a whole, as an apparatus, right? As a global apparatus, even. It's that they just don't like the fact that Megan, as an individual, is being bullied um, because they were still very much trying to be part of the institution. I think both of them have come forward and said, like, when they spoke about how she was treated when they first got married, I think it was Harry that was like, oh, you know, the, the monarchy, the institution, they missed a beat because if they had kind of like subsumed Meghan into their kind of like, in, in the, into their institution, she could have done a great job at keeping the Commonwealth together. That's what he said. Like his plan, his, his, his kind of ideal situation would have been for his, you know, mixed race wife to come into his white supremacist family and to fortify the white supremacy that that institution upholds um particularly through institutions like the commonwealth um and then like didn't he backtrack as well recently where he was like oh i never said they were racist i said it's unconscious bias what is unconscious bias i think it's very much the case that you can be um you can express racism through unconscious bias. I don't think it needs to be one or the other, you know what I mean? Or you can be racist with, you can be racist, you can be racist no, without realising it. It's a pop-out, it's an attempt. I don't trust either of their intentions. The, the, the kind of abuse that she is facing is absolutely, like as I keep saying, that in itself is valid and that is what we need to criticise, right? But the way that they are kind of positioning themselves is so like, it's, it's really um, weird and slimy and very opportunistic, right? Um, because how he's obviously now trying to reconcile with with the monarchy. 
So why is he now calling it in conscious bias? Because he's trying to sanitize um, their reputation. He's he's trying to get back on on side with them. It's just very weird. Like it is true. Like, I'm thinking about it now. The attacks seem to be more intended to be more personal than attacking a wider issue that might be um, at fault. I'm here. sorry, this man. He has not spoken about. How can they be screaming and shouting and doing such a song and dance about the racism that's been directed at Megan personally, but not talk about it as an institutional issue? Why have they not spoken about the migrant crisis? Why have they not spoken about Suwano? Why have they not spoken about like all the extrajudicial, unlawful killings and 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 um living environment, living like disadvantages based on ethnic stratifications and employment disadvantages and financial disadvantages. Why have they not spoken about any of that? If you lot are going to sit here right now and talk about the racism that was directed towards Meghan Markle, then talk about it as an actual, talk about the racism as an apparatus. Do you know what I mean? Like, because that's what it is. It's not that there's only a very specific, unique type of racism that's been directed at Meghan Markle that it's only very specific to her, you know? It's, it, 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 the racism that is directed towards her is part of a much wider picture of institutional racism that, that, that this country is steeped in. But they will not open their mouth about that, you know? Make it make sense. Any thoughts, Simran? Okay, first of all, I don't know enough to talk on it because I genuinely just scroll past at this point because everything I know, like you said, is against my will. It's against my will. It's a mess. It's a circus. It's just wrong. It's messed it's up. It's just, it's a sham. Like, even even the kind of virtue signaling and the moral liberal positioning, it's all a sham. Yeah, but, like, nothing surprises even... me anymore. Like, it's English. It's, Brit- it's, it's Britain. Britain. It's Great Britain. Like, 100%. It's Great Britain. Like, we will cover up, like, systemic injustices and, like, systematic issues in this country to no end. Like, and just forever pretend like it never happened that's why when i say it's against my will i'm saying it's against my will because harry you're talking nonsense get off my screen no because why am i seeing like why am i seeing like tabloid star headlines talking absolute rubbish though like saying stuff about like how he lost his virginity and like little stories like that when the real issue like everything else in the book went under the rug really story was weird though yeah If you're going to talk about racism, bro, talk about it with your chest. Like, don't give a half-hearted, very lackluster, very... He's in a sick position to... Yeah. ...analysis. It, it's, it's seated in personal subjectivity. That's what it is. Any but like he's, that he has... He doesn't realise he's in a sick position to, like, expose all of this and tell the truth and let everyone know what the truth is and like you know potentially change the perspectives of a lot of people not only in this country but around the world but it's turned more into just his side of things from like a family feud perspective which i guess is valid because it's a whole family feud that every family has problems like this i guess in in, you know in some way or another i'm sure people can kind of relate but it's on a global scale it's in the media it's in the public spotlight here's your opportunity to dismantle such a racist institution or mm-hmm. to at least address some of the issues that have been perpetrated by your direct family members in, in just you don't even have to go back 100 years just go through what's happened during your lifetime yeah my problem isn't isn't like i'm not looking at someone like prince harry as being the beacon of like racial no. justice right i'm not 
But it's the fact that... But then if he is going to marry someone like Meghan Markle, he should understand the implications that holds and not just go at it from like, my family doesn't like her because X, Y, Z. Let's dismantle it. And that's my point. Like, if you are going to open your mouth to talk about racism, talk about the whole thing. That's what I'm talk saying. Talk about the whole but thing. But that's, what, that's what is just reflective of Britain being Britain. Yeah, like, it, it starts and ends with his wife. It's a very but personal it's like, thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's very similar to like, oh, so many racist incidents happened within football. What do we do? We put like a little B-roll footage in between like a corner kick saying we don't stand for racism. Yeah. Sick, sick, sick. That really, really addressed the issue. Big man, if you're about it, yeah, if you're going to talk about misogynoir, don't just talk about your wife. Talk about how black women are more likely to die during childbirth in this country. Talk about how black women are more likely to be um, victims of medical negligence talk about how black women are at, at a disadvantage when it comes to employment when it comes to housing when it comes to education talk about all of that big man because that's exactly the political lineage that's now created um the racist abuse that your wife is facing but he won't he'll only talk about his wife it annoys me that people are like oh my god like people are buying into the liberal posturing because i'm sorry He's been a prince for all of his life. He's only now come forward yeah. and started talking about these things because Yo, he wants I've to make his... money. Sorry, I'm holding my mic now because Carlos is holding his mic, so I'm going to hold my mic. Um, I was going to say, listen, my sympathy only extends so much for someone who's literally a prince. Also, also another thing here we need to talk about, in, in his book, he talks about how he killed... This is how you know I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He talks about killing 25 people. He killed 25 people when he was um, in, in the army. And he says that, he, what's the quote? He's neither ashamed nor proud of it. Yeah. England. Which I feel like if you're going to tell people that, you need to just say, yeah, I'm ashamed of it. England. Or just like, don't say anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, okay, an entire war. No one needed to know that. Once again, more information that no one needed to know. Well, another, this is another, the thing, right? Another logical fallacy. I'm sorry. Another logical fallacy. This is the thing. I saw um, a theory that was put on Twitter which is basically someone said that they think that Harry is putting out as much stuff as possible about himself as he's leaking everything that could possibly get out about him on his own terms so that um, the monarchy have nothing That's left amazing. against him. Because oh. something that he said in the, in the Netflix documentary was that basically... Um, when Meghan came into the royal family, he believes that there were people within the institution that would leak fake stories about him and Meghan um, in order to distract from anything to do with the rest of the family. Like, they were the scapegoats, essentially. So some people are saying, well, if he literally leaks everything that's true about him on his own terms then he hasn't got anything to be afraid of anymore because, like, they I can't do hear that because airing out your own else is the best way to stop other people yeah, airing them out for with, you. Do it, with, do it with humility, though. Like, don't just come forward and state the fact I killed 25 Middle, Middle Eastern people. Nah, not that. Have that some, was wrong. I'm talking about some, the other work, the some, stupid ones. More. No, but that, that for me is a massive, as I keep saying, it's a massive logical fallacy. Like, it's a magic, ma sorry, massive logical failing because all now you're sat here and you're fixing your lips to talk about how everyone's racist towards your wife. Meanwhile, you went and mm. killed 25 people in a war that was predicated on the basis of racism. But that this is exactly why I just can't care that much. Like I just That's scroll past saying. that. Like That's I just what I'm I think this is something that um Martin at Sludge Mag has been putting out over the past couple of weeks as well. And he's kind of been saying like just make sure you're aware that at the end of the day this is pointless drama. At, like pretty yeah. much like all of this all these revelations 
Really? But you know what? It's jokes because British people are such a sucker for this kind of stuff. They mm. eat it up. I mean, again, I don't want to tell people how to do stuff. And I think, but this thing, I think it is possible to kind of enjoy the drama what that you can in terms of like the the silly stuff like how he lost his virginity and stuff like that um whilst also being aware that and not falling for the trap of um being distracted from real life issues that actually matter and also like to understand what a phony our beloved prince is in our opinion in my opinion not he is bro like sorry because he also believes in their monarchy i'm sorry yeah, we're talking about this time. A, you believe in a blood right to be seismically wealthier than the rest of the people that you believe in a blood right to govern what's the meme where it's like um or is it or is it regina george is like so you think i look fit? so you think you look pretty yeah literally so you think you you have a blood right to govern Mm-hmm. 70 million people okay mm-hmm. that seems like a nice place to end things in terms of our discussion for today um thank you guys for coming and chatting it's been nice to speak to both of you for the first time this year first time this year and um make sure you stick around if you're listening till the end of the episode we'll be finishing off by chatting to artist ria about her latest single permission so definitely stick around for that Bye, guys. Bye. Ria, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, just had a nice chat before about New Year, like how we both kind of had a bit of like a more chilled start to the year and like not thinking about just going out in the UK. Like you were saying, you weren't even here. So I think that's the way to do it from now on. <laughs> I think so. I would recommend everybody turn their phones off for a week and a half. Yep. <laughs> Two weeks around that time. Definitely. But um, for the listeners out there that maybe aren't aware of your your music, um, do you want to just let us know a bit about yourself, what you're about? Yeah, sure. I mean, I am Ria. Um, I'm a singer, songwriter and producer based in Manchester and London at the moment. Um, my music is majorly pop, uh, dancey pop, but I always try and bring in my influences. So uh, tablas and in terms of percussion or, you know, synth sitar vibes, you'll always hear something a little bit different um, in my instrumentation. And same with um, fashion. I'm really big on wearing bold jewelry, um, all reminiscent of the kind of Bollywood influences I've had growing up. But yeah, it's predominantly pop. Nice. I wasn't aware that you were partially based in Manchester. Whereabouts? So I'm uh, just off of uh, about 20 minutes from Manchester city centre. So it's super, super fun. But I do love, it's always difficult between Manchester and London. It's so difficult when people ask me like, oh, which one do you prefer? Like, Well, I know what I would say, but... Why? (laughs) Well, Manchester-based show, not definitely not going to say one of them, so... Okay, okay. (laughs) Think about what show you're on before answering that question. True, it's true. Mm. But for real, I love both. Um, Yeah. I make music in both, so. Yeah. No, I think that's a lucky position to be in where you're not necessarily limited to one place and you're kind of getting a different vibe. That's because I imagine recording in different places, you feel different depending on the different locations, right? Sure, for sure. I have a very comfort thing, though. Like, I 
always record from my home studio and that's why Manchester I love London because there's such a creative scene there like it's always so inspiring like I go I went to uni there as well so I, I've lived there for three four years um um well a couple of years because pandemic hit but I always record my stuff from from home so you talked before about like how you try to put in these sort of influences from your um, Asian background. Do you find that comes to you naturally or do you find sometimes it's like, it's like a thought process, how can I actually do this or is it a bit of both? It, it should come nat- naturally. Like for me, I always hear it in something that I'm producing and then I'll put it in. Like there are a couple of tracks that don't, you know, don't necessarily have that um but the ones that I vibe with the most and the ones I end up releasing are the ones that have that kind of intrinsic percussive element or you know something just a little bit unique and different even in permission like I it's not massively obvious but there are really strong flute melodies that go throughout the verses and um you I just whatever I hear it goes into the track it's not necessarily like I need to put a tablet in this now you know yeah because otherwise it becomes like a bit like forced like and sometimes yeah. there are songs that don't need that and they can still be good it's just you might prefer other ones more or less like 100 sure just want to say as well like obviously we're talking about like the asian influences i've just noticed your earrings they are very nice i just feel like i need to put that out there like before we move forward but um yeah that's like a daily practice like i can't leave the house if i don't have something cute like this on like it yeah. just makes me more confident i can't really explain it no yeah i can definitely imagine that um thinking about your past discography as well because i i think we've known of you and just before this interview i was like thinking like refreshing myself in terms of <laughs> your discography and i realized oh wow like you have actually had like a bit of a break like over 2022 in terms of putting stuff out so like what have you been up to over the past year I've literally been writing and when I say non-stop it's non-stop so this year we have planned out our releases so they're going to be every two months ish so um and what I've tried to do is they're going to be singles that come out through which is what I was working on kind of mastering my sound like what do I want to say was the really big question that I wanted to just stop and ask because as much as I love my early releases, um, now what I've done is for the next few singles, they're all based on aphorisms or sayings or kind of well-known quotes um, that have inspired me when I've heard them. Um, and I've tried to make them into catchy hooks or, you know, dancey type pop sounds. So that's super exciting. And I'm trying to make sure that overall, like at the end of the year, you can kind of see a story form between the singles that are released. So it's much more methodical in terms of releases and that took time just to understand okay what what's coming like what's next for sure and would you say um speaking on your most recent single permission would you say that that was like the start of this new era almost for sure i mean even the the visuals and the sound like everything on permission um in terms of the production came very very naturally and it was the first track that i'd kind of produced and written instantaneously like it all happened very quickly um and that now yeah is kicking off this kind of new bum 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 single back to back um so you won't be forgetting my name let's put it that way I'll be popping up every now and again no I look forward to that 
Um, so delving more into permission, um, if you like look at the lyrics, it is, it is like you say, telling a story quite like um, deep, intrinsic sort of vibe. So do you want to just tell us a bit about how that song came about and also why you decided this is the single that I want to put out that's going to kind of kickstart, like we just said, this whole kind of like putting out music um, on a like bi-monthly basis sort of thing so I think for permission it actually came about it was completely story driven because I was watching a show um because I tend to write from I know a lot of people write from personal experiences but I can write from any perspective like I love what that's why I love watching shows and I, I love you know I can find inspiration from a conversation or it can be from a movie it can be from anything so for this instance for sure it was I was watching these two characters in this difficult relationship and I know that it's something that I know people who've gone or are going through a similar situation so the main thing that started with permission was the hook like it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission when I someone said that I was like whoa like that's that's deep that's there's so much to unpack in that one sentence like and it's so true I've been in instances myself where it's like so much easier to do something and then go and say sorry um and I thought that hook would be amazing in a song um but then I wanted it to be a little bit deeper so I thought of it from the other perspective so permission's all about like somebody in a very helpless position saying like it's easier to ask forgiveness when you break my heart but if you'd only asked for my permission you'd have had it from the start like you didn't need to mm, yeah make this mess like you, you just asked me and I would have done anything for you kind of thing um so it was mainly the reason that I was proud of the song was lyrically I really wanted it to sound like poetry so that was a focus from the get-go as soon as I had the hook sorted I worked backwards from there for trying to tell a really clear story and a painting and a picture because that's the kind of theme that carries on throughout all the singles like I really want them to be like you're reading poetry I'm a big fan of poetry like I have a whole (laughs) collection and it's what I do in my pastimes like I absolutely love poetry so Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's where it stemmed from sure and in terms of like the composition of it as well what was it that made you decide that you wanted to kind of add in a bit more of a contrast like the ballady style but then also a bit of like an upbeat break as well rather than just keeping it like a slow ballad throughout because I think yeah. that, that that could have worked as well but what was it that made you like think okay I want to add a bit of contrast in there so actually it started off as a full ballad like it started off as a full like it was just piano and vocals and in the coming months there hopefully will be that release too like a full and it's beautiful like it's so so pretty with just piano um but I think once again once I started producing it I got the verse done surprisingly quickly and that like the vibe was set and I wanted it to keep moving like you can have motifs that are maybe slightly more dark but you want to be slightly more uplifting. Like I love when Charlie Puth does it in Attention, for example, like he's singing about emotional turmoil, but you're still, you know. Yeah, the so baseline, I, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, just, I love that. Like I, and I wanted something similar 
for permission. So it, it does have this kind of like lully ballady feel. And then I like that it moves into a a different space. Just taking a break from talking about permission for a second as well. Like speaking to you, like I was aware beforehand that you obviously quite keen on songwriting, but it's really nice to actually speak to you um, in person about it as well. Cause, and it doesn't come to any, um, as a, it doesn't come as any surprise to me that you are interested in like poetry as well, because obviously it makes sense like linking the two together. Um, so how did you get, how, was it that you were sort of always into like poetry and then you kind of took that into your songwriting or has it always kind of been a bit of both? Like how did you actually get into this sort of very lyrical sort of space? I think it was, it's been very just side by side. It wasn't like one triggered the other. I was always, always keen on singing and performing. That's where my career started. Um, and I was always encouraged, which is a blessing. I'm well aware. I'm very, very lucky that um, throughout my life, in kind of every phase, like school, home, I've always been encouraged to pursue singing. So once I fell in love with like live performance and just songs in general, then I was like, oh, I want to write my own stuff. So then I, I took me, it took me a while. Like I first sat down, I taught myself how to write and produce and like learnt as much as I could. And then lyrics just kind of, I think you just have to do the 10,000 hour thing. Like you have to write a lot and then you kind of sift through, okay, this works and this really doesn't. Um, but for sure, poetry always influences the way I write. And like, I even have like an Insta that's dedicated just the feed is entirely <laughs> poetry like little little snippets or like longer longer snaps um and that's what I think they go hand in hand really well nice and like I think it is really cool like you say to see how it can be transferred from just words on a piece of paper to speaking it out to then adding the music like and now obviously as well going back to permission you've got um the music video which was premiered on rolling stone india so congrats on that like how before we get into talking about the video like how was it to sort of receive that level of support because surely they must have had to like look at the video and being like yeah like and and hear the song and be like yeah we want to support this and premiere this that was like a bucket list moment for me like i had that on my vision board i i really wanted it and I've worked for it for a while now and I was so so happy that they wanted to premiere it and the response has been really really nice as well people really love the video we shot that in India so it was like full circle it was really cool um yeah incredibly talented um videographer Nishje who uh, works with uh, World Through the Lens and World Through the Other Lens and we basically did that whole shoot in like two days in India I'd spent like five or six days because I directed it and kind of scouted locations like six or seven days before we actually shot the two like a uh, one day for permission and then we did one day for another music video um so it was a lot to pack into things so it's just really nice to see that that whole energy and the hard work that we put into it was well received and like even editing it because I'm super super picky <laughs> I edited the music video so I was oh you edit like, you edited it yourself yeah oh, I didn't know that oh, that's yeah. really cool thanks yeah I it's just I to be honest that's what I love music there's so many elements of creativity that you can indulge yourself in it's like 
just there's not enough time in the world to be honest like if I could I would spend more you know of my life doing that because it's so much fun but it was so rewarding to see like all of that energy because obviously like it's a lot like when you people don't really know or see I didn't know or see the behind the stage to when you watch a music video like what happens in the interim and it's crazy like it's crazy when you I used to watch you know like my inspirations then new music videos would, would come out and I'd watch them and then now I do it I realize oh my gosh so they had to have this kind of setup for that and that must have been really hard to get the way they got it you know you kind of think more once you've done it yourself yeah like I suppose it adds like a whole completely different outlook on stuff that you've already seen right oh for sure like now everywhere I go I'm like this would be so cool as a location shoot like oh this would be so cool if we did it from this lens or this angle so yeah it was a a very um learning intensive and rewarding experience and I'm so so grateful for Dave Arrows who made the most beautiful write-up like that is I'm so 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 grateful and so happy with the Rolling Stone interview no, and I'm really happy to see like people like yourself, like especially like um, UK artists, getting that recognition as well. It's really cool, definitely. It's so, amazing. I'm so so yeah. yeah, that was amazing. Definitely. So, we're gonna give permission to play in a second, but just to sort of round things off, we've talked about how you're sort of looking to release music every um, other month or so. Um, but what's your plan in terms of 2023 beyond releases? Like, like what does this year look like for you? So it's a lot of songwriting. It's a lot of live performances, hopefully. Um, Some exciting things are in the works. We have regular releases, as we've talked about, more music videos, and um, basically a year of just active Bria. Like, I'm in full go-ahead, trains left the station mode. Um, So we've got a lot to see nice i definitely look forward to that um if people do want to keep up with you and your music your music videos etc where's the best place for them to find you uh if you go on either my website which is www.riaofficial.com so that's r-i-y-a official.com all one word and uh, otherwise you can find me on insta which is ria official music all one word and um you can keep up to date on my youtube too which is again hurry up official you can add music it'll come up sweet well thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us today fortunately we have come to the end of the episode but thank you so much to everyone that has tuned in today remember you can follow us on all socials at mango masala radio to keep up with the latest things south asian in manchester the uk and global because you know we're going global don't sleep on us guys we're going places just give us a follow you know you want to <laughs>